0: Hello and welcome. My name is Hannah and I am so excited to have you here today for this conversation. As with all of our conversations at the Living from the Overflow podcast, let's just open up today in prayer and see what it is that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to us through the verses he's laid on my heart to share today. So will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that wherever your Holy Spirit is, that we have access to freedom and that everywhere we go, if we are your children, your Holy Spirit is available to us. So we just thank you right now, Lord, for the freedom work you are doing and the freedom work you want to do. We pray, Lord, that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to respond to what it is that you want to do in our hearts today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen amen. Well, again, I'm so excited that you're here today for this conversation. What we're going to be talking about today is something very near and dear to my heart. Um, Some of you know my story from following my blog at livingfromtheoverflow.com. Some of you do not. So let me just give you a brief recap. I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up in a Bible-based home. I grew up in a home with loving parents and a lot of siblings. I have seven biological siblings from the same parents. And so you would think that growing up with people all around me, growing up in a healthy home, that I would not struggle so much. But the enemy, he's out to kill, steal, and destroy the things of abundance that God has planned for us. And from a very young age, the enemy came and started attacking me in my mind and in my feelings and in the way I viewed myself and in the way I viewed my place in this world. As a result, I struggled deeply with loneliness. I struggled deeply with shame. I struggled deeply with insecurity. I mean, the list could really go on and on and on, but I'm just gonna give you the highlights here. Part of my um, growing up years included a seven-year battle with an eating disorder that led to um, a severe battle with depression and anxiety. It landed me in the hospital. Um, Not not my best years, I will say that, (laughs) not my best years. But here's what's great about God is that he can redeem and restore anything that the enemy has set out to kill, steal, and destroy in our lives. And that is exactly what the Lord has done in my life. And it's why I'm here today. Uh, fast forward a couple years after my eating disorder and I struggled immensely with my physical health Um I believe that the enemy can come in through multiple ways in our lives and he will hop on any train he can hop on. He will grasp any opening he can grasp to get into our lives, to get into the nooks and crannies of our thought processing. And a lot of times if our thoughts are off, our emotions start to be off and our physical health can suffer as a result. And so fast forward to... Um, Just even a couple of years ago, and I went through a biblically-based brain rewiring program because my health struggles with Lyme disease, my health struggles with mold toxicity, and my health struggles with heavy metal poisoning really came to a head, and I was just not functioning well. And so I tried this course as a last-ditch attempt to get my life back in order, and I was like, Lord, if this doesn't work, I surrender to you. I will accept the hand I've been dealt, and I will live my life the best that I can, the best way I know how with all of these physical symptoms present. And wouldn't you know, the Lord showed me that I could be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Now that is a conversation for a completely different time and I'm excited about for when the Lord reveals to me when it's time to share that, that in-depth journey that the Lord took me on. But I just need you to know and I need you to, to grasp hold of this truth. That what we think about only grows. If we're thinking about finances, if we're thinking about our health, if we're thinking about relationships, if we're thinking about our children and all the worries that come along with, with thinking in that way, we will only be worried about our finances. We will only be worried about our health. We will only be worried about relationships. We will only be worried about our kids. Neuroscience, which is the study of the brain and the way the brain works, operates all of it. How it helps our body, how it can come against our body—that is, that's what neuroscience is. It's the study of all of that. It tells us that what we think about only grows. And so, I think it begs the question: Are we thinking about our trials? Are we thinking about how hard our life is? How unfair our circumstances are? How other people should feel bad for us because of what it is we're walking through. Are we thinking along that vein? Are we thinking that nobody really sees us? Nobody really understands us. If we could just be friends with that one person, we wouldn't be lonely anymore. Are our thoughts rooted in shame? Are they rooted in an orphan or a victim mentality? Are they are they rooted in our shortcomings or the shortcomings we see in others? Because let me be brutally honest with you. If that's what our thoughts are rooted in, that's what's going to manifest in our lives. That's what's going to come out of our hearts. You know, living from the overflow is founded on the verse in Luke 6:45 which The Lord is, Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, hey, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. From the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what we put into our hearts via our thoughts, via our actions, via our time, what we prioritize, all of that will truly manifest an overflow into our words, into what we do, into what we continue to or discontinue to prioritize. Living from the overflow can be a beautiful thing in our lives. It can be a testament to the faithfulness of God. It can be a testament to the ways of the flesh that he has allowed and enabled and asked us to die to, or... It can be a testament of thoughts that aren't centered on the Lord. It can be a testament to ways we prioritize our time that don't align with the word of God, that don't align with his heart for us. Living from the overflow is a choice. It's an act of choice that you and I get to make. We get to decide what reservoir we are going to put our hearts and put our minds into so that. From that is what overflows out of our hearts. I want to take a look today at Psalm 145, verses 5 through 7. And David is thought to be the person that wrote this psalm. And the beginning of Psalm 145 is all about David praising the Lord. He's praising the Lord for how everlasting God's name is for how praiseworthy he is, how there's nobody that can measure or match the greatness of God. He's praising God for the way that the impact of the Lord's faithfulness will have on generations to come. And so in light of that, he's saying, this is what I'm going to think about, Lord. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will ever be on my tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. And I love that David is saying to the Lord, this is what I'm going to think about. Because when I think about this, it has such a great impact in my life that the people around me, they'll see your glory too. You and I, as children of God, have a phenomenal opportunity and a very large calling to glorify God in such a way that it overflows out of our lives and impacts the lives of those around us. Susie Larson is one of my favorite authors, and in her book, Growing Grateful Kids, she, she says something that has impacted not just the way I parent, but how I do my life, or how I at least try to do my life. And she says these words You cannot impart what you do not possess. You cannot impart what you do not possess. You cannot teach, you cannot employ, you cannot instill within somebody else something that you yourself have not already established that is deeply rooted in the love of God. If people around us are negative and we don't want to be surrounded by that anymore, we need to check our hearts. Am I being negative? Do I have a root of negativity in my heart? Or am I somebody who chooses to praise the Lord even in, difficult circumstances and beyond that am I somebody who chooses to praise the Lord because of difficult circumstances because we know the truth that he's always at work and that he works everything together for the good of those who love him do we have that kind of perspective are we people who truly meditate on the wonderful works of God in good times and hard when it's sunny, when it's raining, when it's ideal, when it's complete chaos. Are we people whose hearts are truly rooted and established in the truth and the wisdom and the promises of God that are ever unfailing? As I was praying about where to go with this podcast And this particular episode today, the very first one of the Living from the Overflow podcast, God put somebody on my heart. If you feel stuck in your thought life, like there's just no way, right? There's just no way it could ever be different. God says otherwise. You know, I'm thinking of the person right now who... Can't help but be negative but doesn't want to be who can't help but have shame based thinking but doesn't know how to do a different way I'm thinking of the person who just feels lonely and so isolated and like everybody else around me seems to have figured life out but I'm over here struggling in the same cyclical trials over and over and over and over i can I can gain just a little bit of peace, only to fall on my back harder and harder every single time and spiral into depression and into, an, into anxiety and into looping and into into these these thought patterns that just aren't doing anyone, let alone myself, any favors. And before I go on, I have to dis, I have to give a disclaimer here I am not a licensed therapist. <laughs> so these are just the opinions and the thoughts and the workings of my own heart. But I need you to know. If we read on in Psalm 145, we read a very powerful truth. It says, The Lord always keeps his promises, he is gracious in all he does. So I think it begs the question when life is hard, is God still gracious? Well, according to this chapter of Psalm 145, yes, because God always keeps his promises. And yes, he is gracious in all he does. I just want to challenge you here. I want to challenge you to take a look at your trial, your challenge, your hardship, whatever whatever word you use when you're going through a difficult time. I want you to look at it through a different lens with me here. Okay, are you ready for this? What if God is wanting to use your earthly circumstances to reveal something to you about your heart that is holding you back? Isn't that gracious of him? That he would take something that is painful, something that is challenging, something that is overwhelming, something that is leading you to despair in your heart of hearts. He's like, hey, let's look at this from a different angle. something I want to show you in the midst of all this pain that is going to launch you to a higher status. It's going to launch you to a higher elevation. It's going to launch you to a higher vantage point so that you can get out of the weeds, so that you can get out of the muck and the mire and the mud of this situation. And you can see it differently. You can see it more holistically. You can see it From the vantage point that says, I, the Lord, am faithful. I, the Lord, won't let you down. I, the Lord, do not have the mind of men. Who can comprehend the mind of the Lord? It is greater. It is wiser. It is far more discerning than anything you and I can comprehend. What if the Lord is using your earthly circumstances to reveal something to you so that he can reveal something about himself to you. Don't waste the hard seasons by thinking about the wrong things. That is what I want to say to you today. Don't waste the hard seasons by thinking about the wrong things. And I have a feeling you already know what those wrong things are. You probably already know what thoughts aren't really helping you. I encourage you to pivot. To repent of being consumed by the things that God's not calling you to be consumed by. Ask for his forgiveness and walk in a new way with him. First John 1:9 says if we confess our sins, God is faithful and he is just, and he forgives us of every single act of unrighteousness. And he makes us clean. Isn't that beautiful? Here's the thing about God. is He already knows what you're thinking about. He already knows all of your sin far before you do, and he's never surprised by any of it you and I are caught off guard when sin comes to our attention. You and I are caught off guard when we realize, oh, I didn't realize I was thinking that way. And I didn't realize how damaging that was to my life and the lives of those around me. I didn't know that, but God did. And God is so gracious to us that he will show us in good times, and hard, in pleasant circumstances, in unpleasant circumstances, God will use whatever circumstances he needs to and wants to, to reveal to us when our thoughts are off. To reveal to us when we're walking in sin. To reveal to us when we've been deceived by the enemy. And that is a good thing to be shown. So if God is trying to show you something right now, don't resist it join hands with him and say lord will you show me more will you give me a brand new perspective will you do an inner work in my heart so that we don't have to do this lesson again will you show me on a very deep and transformative level what you want me to be thinking about what you want to have grow in my life. Because listen, when we can start asking God questions like that, that's when change takes place. And when we stop asking questions like, are you good? How could you do this to me? Why is my life so hard? Why is this person so distant from you? What did I ever do to deserve X, Y, and Z? When we can... Take our language like that, and we can pivot to use our language to say, Hey, Lord, what do you want to show me? Can you show me more? What are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to teach me? Not only will we experience deeper breakthrough, deeper freedom, deeper intimacy with the Lord, But our whole perspective on how we see ourselves, our situations and people around us and how we understand the Lord's heart, that will change. And let me tell you, when we can understand God's heart for us and that it only ever desires and only ever does work all things together for our good because we love him, we begin to trust him on a whole new level. So check your thought life today and invite the Holy Spirit into that process. In fact, let's do that right now. Holy Spirit, we thank you for being in this conversation. We thank you for the truth that is found in God's word that says that the Lord always keeps his promises and he is gracious to us in all that he does. We pray right now, Lord, that you would search our hearts and you would make known to us any way that is not pleasing to you any sin that we've been walking in, any thoughts we've been entertaining that are not of you, any thoughts, Lord, that we aren't taking captive but instead are taking us captive, would you show us? And would you show us how to pivot so that we can walk out of self-centered thinking and walk into Christ-centered thinking instead? We surrender our lives to you today, Lord. We surrender our way of thinking to you, and we give you permission to come in and transform us by the renewing of our minds as we set our hearts and our minds to living from the overflow of your word. In your name we pray. Amen.